know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. CJ, why are you wearing your juggernaut shirt? We need to get this out the way to start off this show. Why are you wearing your juggernaut shirt? I mean, I just reached in the closet today and it was the first thing I grabbed. So <laughs> no reason. I mean, look, we there's, there's, there's juggernauts around us as well. I mean, Who are a, these juggernauts around us? I, now you have to tell us. I don't know what you're talking about. There's a 60 win, 61 win NHL team at the moment. Someone is someone's going to take that and think you're doing that on purpose. Be careful. Well, I'm having fun with the whole shtick. I look, I don't normally care about that stuff. I'm just looking out for you. <laughs> Some Bruins fan out there is just panicking. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't say anything about any team being a juggernaut. This is a great tease. I just this said that great. we walk among juggernauts. I mean, we walk. Some would say we walk among giants or or other types of special people, but you chose to use the J word. But I mean, you know I've, what? I've watched Brooks Kapka through two days of the Masters. He looks like a juggernaut. How's he doing? Oh, he's right at the top of the leaderboard, my friend. Man, as we're I... as we're recording, there's still half a day Friday to go, so maybe someone will go low in the afternoon. But as we're recording now, Brooks is at the top of the leaderboard. I wonder. I mean, it's too bad Aaron Ekblad is tied up with the Florida Panthers playoff race, or he could. Maybe get down to Augusta and <laughs> reverse reverse the, the cheers or the jeers. Man. Have you seen the – have we talked about the menu that's gone around? I mean, I think every year, like, they don't have a lot of expensive stuff. But, like, you could buy everything on the, the menu there for, like, 66 bucks, And they look like they have, like, genuinely, like, great stuff. Yes. Well, in a previous life, I covered three Masters. So I've been down there a fair bit. That's and true. the cool part – the cool part about the Masters – well, there's a lot if you're a golf fan. I think even if you're just a casual sports fan, you can get into the vibe there. But is that it's like stepping back in time when you walk on the grounds. You're not allowed to bring your cell phone on the course. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like you'll notice, and, and they're serious about it. Like you'll notice if you're watching any of the action over the weekend and you look closely at the gallery, like most tournaments when Tiger Woods is hitting, everyone's doing this with their phones, right? Yeah, of course. None of that at the Masters. So there's no distractions that way. Media and family members, VIPs, everything, not allowed inside the ropes. So um, if you go to another tournament, there's always a lot of chaos inside the ropes, uh, not the Masters. And then you go to the concession stands, and it's literally going back to 1985 with a $1.50 sandwich. And I think the beers are 5 bucks or 6 bucks on that, that menu I saw going around. I mean, it's, it's pretty good value. It's hard to get a ticket, and I'm sure a lot of people pay a lot of money on the resale market to get in the, the gates. But once you're in the gates, it's it's a pretty reasonable experience. And, you know, the other thing they do from a TV perspective, which is interesting, is they don't really have commercials. And so there there was, there's ways that they could commercialize and extract more money from this tournament. I'm sure they're doing quite well, even without taking everything to the max. But uh, they, they've chosen to kind of keep certain things a certain way. And, yeah, I love I liked uh, the, the egg salad sandwich when I was down there. Okay. I mean, I don't. We don't want to go down this food road every every episode. You and I. Are getting- <laughs> it is not in this case. I didn't even. That's not even a forced bringing it up. It was no. one of those things on the menu. But, um, 
no no poutine hot dogs at Augusta. It's all traditional there. Yeah. I, one thing I regret not doing now is uh, taking the menu and giving you like 10 bucks to like pick out which items you'd buy with like $10. That's one thing I regret uh, not putting in our lineup. But well, we, two we do sandwiches, have some... two sandwiches and a beer. Get me that for 10 bucks. That. But uh, later on in our show, we do have something uh, that will play to that uh, green jacket master's fancy. Uh, we'll We'll hold that until the end. Uh, have but you've uh, you been yes. on social media in the last day or so, uh, a little bit here and there, you know what I'm saying? Did you, did you see the producer Nick was part of this behind the scene Roger I Center did. tour? I loved did you it. See that producer Nick ate the poutine hot dog. Oh, of course, and he looked so happy doing it. I, I've never seen him so happy. Now, granted, usually <laughs> we're, we're doing this show in the morning, you, you, you could tell he's just gotten out of bed, he's fired up Zoom, and he's seeing us first thing. so... I get that he's not always happy in the morning. He doesn't he, even turn the camera on. Like he looked pretty damn happy though. He with looked that really happy. On. He did. He looked like he's all like he. I saw like the there's the beginning of the TikTok or whatever. Like all the different sports that social people, and yeah. he's got this big smile on his face. He's just like hulling around everybody. Like he, I'm. You're right. I've never seen that man so happy in my life to eat a glizzy. Our our jobs never suck. No, but like his job yesterday appeared to be going to a baseball stadium. And eating food on camera. That that is that seems to be what he got paid to do yesterday. So, I mean, kudos to producer Nick. I think that's why we couldn't do a Thursday show of the up Thursday uh, <laughs> show episode was because producer Nick had to go eat at the Sky Dome. So, uh, I'm glad that that happened. But I'm also glad that he's he's the first example that I know of that the poutine hot dog is good. So. I'm feeling like he walked on the moon first here, and and <laughs> no, don't say that. It was a not small walk step. On no damn moon. This it is was not a small step thing. for this podcast, this but a giant leap for mankind. <laughs> uh, shout out Justin Justin Cuthbert, who also apparently got to try the hot dog, and he showed some sensibility. But also, he wrote what I tweeted out at him about it. He was like, "It's not my scene, Mackenzie." Which I kind of feel like he tweeted that, thinking that like he would just think I would like the hot dog. Because there's percentage it, but that's not how that works. I, I kind of thought he's like I'm a I'm a sports set employee. It's not my it's not my job to be hating on the food at the company <laughs> building. That's but true. I, but I could tell he probably didn't like it. Anyway, I'll 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 be getting to a Jays game that they, they come home next week, so I'll be getting there soon, and I'll give you my own uh, update once once I get a chance to hold that fabulous hot dog. Yeah, the juggernaut of all hot dogs. <laughs> i don't know if i want to call i don't want to jinx the dog before i get a chance oh to oh now you don't want to use the j word oh now you're all like whoa, whoa, whoa. hey i haven't attached whoa. it to one hockey team all year long i have not used it in a sentence i've not written it i've not tweeted it even today i've just shown up it's open for interpretation <laughs> You know what the hell you doing with it. I don't care what you're trying to do. You know what the damn hell you're doing with it. Honestly, that I'm just trying to occupy some real estate between your ears. I wanted you guessing right from the time you started. This episode. <laughs> See, what do you want me to guess? It's right in front of my face. I feel bad for all of our audio listeners who uh, have not caught on by now that Chris Johnson is literally wearing a shirt that just says Juggernaut on it. I mean, you've probably seen it. He's it's not the first time he's first time he's worn it, but like he's legit wearing it. Like it's this is his troll. Well, no, I'm just I'm just trying to keep it light around here, my friend. Hey, we we, it's spring. we do that every episode. Yes, it is spring. I mean, depending on which part of the country you're in, you're in. I don't know uh, how much of the uh, 
I know in Montreal they've had to deal with like a bunch of freezing rain and like a whole bunch of power has gone out and stuff like that. I don't know how much you've had to deal with that, but. Well, that's that's kind of part of spring in Canada too, right? That too, yeah. The problem in Canada is you get the spring, you're like, yes, we made it through winter, but then you still like get another month of crappy weather. Like you, you forget that every time. It's it's different crap, right? It's usually not snow in most parts of the country, but it's still just like gray and rainy. And anyway. Anyway, we didn't talk hockey at all. I'm going so to like cover a playoff time. series in Tampa in the next two weeks. So I, I'm going to get away from it at some point. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Like like the last two days, uh, I have been in a meeting for writers who are not covering playoff teams, <laughs> and I have also been in a meeting with writers who are covering playoff teams. At this moment in time, I have no idea where I will be on Monday, April 17th. I don't know. How do you deal with that, actually? Before we get into other like, hockey topics, I'm sure there's been a year where like you have been in a situation where you're like, I have no idea if I'm traveling. I don't know how to plan for that. How do you like, like, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? Like, what do you do? Dude, you, a year, try the last 15 years. Like, <laughs> I mean, even if you were covering, this is the way I'll put it. Even if you're covering the Boston Bruins right now, who you've known for months are going to be in the playoffs. You, after the first four games, you don't know what's going to happen. They could win in four and you got some time off. They they could go for four rounds. Like, like you just never know. I mean, basically don't make plans in April, May, and most of June. If you're in this business, I mean, it, it kind of, like it's again, it's a good problem to have. This has mm-hmm. got to be couched the right way, but it is true. Like you, you can't like, who knows? Even this morning I went for 20 K run. I'm trying to gear up. There's, there might be an opportunity to run a half marathon here in the near future, but like, it's entirely dependent on if I'm in the right city at the right time and have the ability to do it. So um, yeah, you name it. I mean, at least Easter is this weekend before the playoffs yeah. start. So I can see my family then as planned. But after that, it's sort of like, well, let's just see what happens with the results of some hockey games. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Speaking of those hockey games and that Tampa series that you know for sure you're going to be covering. Well, the Leafs have home ice advantage in that. So we know that for sure. But the Lightning, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we kind of wondered what was wrong with them. and, And now it seems as if they have a bunch of injuries just piling up and I mean, they kind of look like a wounded animal, but also at the same time, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning who know how to play in the postseason. Like, like, what's your read on 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 them right now? And then we'll get to the Leafs and the fact that they seem to be healing as well. Well, a little birdie told me, just for those keen listeners that might care, that the Leafs-Lightning series will start on the 18th. So mm. t- Tuesday in Toronto it would be, I mean, don't don't ironclad it. Don't change every your schedule around, but that's what I've heard anyway, for those mm-hmm. that are interested. Anyway, uh, as for the Lightning, I mean, look, it's hard to know what to make of everything. I mean, you have to separate it out. So on Thursday night, they played at Long Island. Mm-hmm. They kept Anthony Sorelli and Brandon Hagel out of their lineup with, with the, what they called lower body injuries. Now, is that the time of year where you're just resting some bumps and bruises? I mean, we've seen the Leafs sit Mark Giordano, Mitch Marner, Morgan Riley in some recent games, kind of in a load management style. So maybe it's that. You know, what was different is seeing Tanner Janot leave the ice needing assistance not being able to put any weight on his right leg after falling really awkwardly and kind of having his leg pinned under him in that game you know after the fact john cooper said that he's you know very highly concerned about the status of his winger um you know in addition to that pat maroon actually took a skate up kind of near the rib cage area he left the game eric cernak sat out so yes i mean the lightning definitely are contending with some injuries and bumps and bruises but, you know, beyond the Janot situation, which does look like that could be a significant injury suffered in that game, it's hard to know what the rest is. It's just, 
you know, healing up before the playoffs and and these guys are going to play or or not. And and so, you know, this being this close to the playoffs, we're probably not going to find out maybe till game one. I mean, who knows, depending on how these things are. Um, but certainly it's going the wrong way for Tampa. I would say for the Leafs after clinching home ice advantage in that first round series, the only thing that matters in the four remaining regular season games is just getting through them as healthy as possible. Um, because now they've clinched home ice against the Lightning. Uh, there, there really is very little to play for. I mean, we could point to some personal milestones. Mitch Marner's a chance at 100 points. Mm-hmm. You know, Nylander and Matthews got a shot at 40 goals, but I, I really don't think those things matter too much. Um, you know, especially when you see what's going on in Tampa. Now, the Leafs don't have the cap room to sit half their team or anything like that. I mean, there's ways they can get creative, I'm sure. You know, at some point, they're going to sign Matthew Nyes here in the coming days, and, and I'm sure he'll get a couple games. Uh, which which allows them to sit someone down among the forwards. But, you know, this is all about roster management at this point in time. And I think you know, it's a huge sign for Toronto that that not only did Ryan O'Reilly play his first game in 33 days on Thursday night, I, I thought he looked really good. You know, for someone coming off a surgically re- repaired finger, his, his left index finger, you know, he was able to take face-offs. Um, you know, certainly was kind of in a third-line versus third-line matchup and and got the better of those minutes. Uh, he and his line mates, which were, were Alex Kerfoot and Nola Chari. And so I think that's a, a good sign for Toronto. Their big deadline addition, you know, appears to be, you know, in the form you'd hope um, as the playoffs are coming around the corner here. And unfortunately for Tampa, their big deadline addition is much in question. All right, Siege, we're going to go to sports interaction, and then we're going to get to the rest of our show, talk a little bit more about some of the playoff races, uh, talk about Lean Hudson as well, and then we will end with stick taps. You can bet that with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Welcome to You Can Bet That. Remember to hit up sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all of your gaming needs. Uh, if you go on the Sports Interaction website right now, here are the latest odds uh, for the Stanley Cup winner. Uh, Boston still the betting favorite at plus 354. Uh, Colorado in second place at plus 640. Carolina, Toronto, and Edmonton are third through fifth and again uh, you can check them out at uh, sportsinteraction.com uh, make sure you go through uh, the stpn of course uh but uh yeah boston colorado carolina toronto and edmonton two canadian teams in that top five uh, for the best odds at who could win the stanley cup yeah i think the oilers are still being slept on man like i mm. i i just you know you look back at the last half of the season they they've been by far the best team in the western conference in terms of the results and they've been right up there with Boston in terms of winning percentage and all those types of things. Them in Vegas, actually. So maybe Vegas also getting overlooked a bit. And I, I think historically, if you look at teams that go on to win the cup, often the ones that, that finished the season strongest, I don't just mean the last month, but I mean the last several months, tend to be the ones that, that go on and have uh, the success in the playoffs. So, you know, I got to say Edmonton has my eye a little bit out West and uh, maybe not to – the odds makers don't, uh, I guess, agree with me at the moment. Uh, you know, it's funny. New Jersey has better odds uh, than the Vegas Golden Knights right now for the Stanley Cup. Well, you know, I think New Jersey's earned it. And, and look, the Devils still have a chance to win the division uh, with Carolina. And so, you know, that not that there's no easy road. We've established this the way the playoff system works. But, you know, playing a wild card team is probably a little better than having to, to play the, the Rangers in the first round, which is where the Devils uh, will have to do if, if they don't uh, win the division in the Metro. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think all those teams certainly have a chance to win. You, you know, really, the top seven or eight teams I always consider is is probably the group that that you're picking a winner from. And then, 
we watch chaos ensue once the playoffs begin. Chaos ensuing. It's it hits different when you there's a chance you could cover a team amidst that chaos, but uh, they might also not be involved in it. So maybe I get to enjoy the chaos from my couch, but uh, I digress. Big money siege. Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all your gaming needs, uh, for all the best odds before game, in-game, best props. Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. This episode of The Chris Johnston Show is brought to you by NordVPN. Do you ever get frustrated that you can't watch certain live sports because they're not televised or available in your country? With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a country that is showing the sports event you want, so that way you don't miss out and you can catch all the action live. What about a new TV show? or a movie you're really excited to watch, but it's not available in your country yet. Ugh, that sucks. But with NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location with one click, and you can access all these different streaming services from over 60 countries at no extra cost. It literally opens up a Pandora's box of entertaining content, and it's the price of a cup of coffee every month. It's literally a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to a vast amount of entertaining content from all over the world. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash cjshow, and you can get yourself a huge discount off of your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's pretty good and completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Get your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash CJ show CJ we got to continue with our look at uh, these playoff races uh, we can start off in the Eastern Conference I know we kind of went in already on on Toronto and Tampa where they're at right now uh, Florida and the Islanders and Pittsburgh that looks really interesting in the wild card uh, Pittsburgh getting a big win yesterday uh, Florida still just tied with the Islanders for that wild card spot they're also getting the job done too they've won five in a row the Florida Panthers this was a team that was on the outside looking in not too long ago and now they find themselves in a pretty prime position to make the playoffs. What do you make of what's going on in the East right now? Yeah, ever since Big Walt called the Panthers out to Keith Kachuk there, uh, it, it looks like they, they haven't been able to lose. Um, and, you know, what's interesting with Florida is they're using their third-string goaltender in Alex Lyon right now, and, and he's authored quite a story, you know, not just getting wins, but making a lot of saves in these games. I know they scored a lot of goals on Thursday to, to make it maybe more comfortable for them, but... Um, you know, this is what happens when you get to the finish line. Sometimes someone sees that, you know, sees what's ahead and finds a way to, to grind out the victories. And I think that's where the Panthers are at. And, you know, Thursday night, all there, there's three teams there for two spots and they, all three of them won the game uh, that they were playing, which means that Pittsburgh is still just on the outside looking in, um, you know, trying to extend its, its, you know, playoff streak into yet another year. So, you know, I think it's, it's a compelling race. I have no idea what way it's going to go. I do remember saying a few episodes ago, I was thinking Florida was going to find their way in, and that was when they were on the outside. So I'll stick with them, the, the hot hand. Um, but, you know, this is probably going down the next next week. Siege, let's go to the Western Conference. Uh, we know Winnipeg and Calgary doing battle to the death for that final wildcard spot. Nashville is still in there, too. Uh, they have a game in hand on Calgary, as does Winnipeg. Uh, Seattle, congratulations to the Kraken. They clinched their first ever playoff spot. So one of those two wildcard spots already off the board uh, and and even in the uh, the Pacific Division as well, that race is looking interesting as well with Vegas three points up on Edmonton and the Central, very close. Minnesota lost that game to Pittsburgh. So now they're two points behind Colorado and Dallas. There's a lot to process in the Western Conference right now, Siege. 
Yeah. And if we went back to the start of the year and, you, and we said the Kraken were going to make the playoffs, I mean, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't have believed it, but it would have been a stretch, right? I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to take from their first year of existence to suggest that a, what, 20, 30 point jump was going to be there for them. So complete hats off to that organization for moving forward. I know they they made a couple big signings and trades in the off season, but they still just, de- you know, I think accomplished this by getting incrementally better and having a deep team. Um, and, and it does leave an interesting race now. I mean, we've, we haven't really talked about the predators at all, Julian, and yet they still just hang around UC Soros having the kind of year that should get him at least, I think Vesna trophy talk. I, you know, I wouldn't put him as the favorite, you know, given that you have Linus Allmark and, and, you know, Ilya Sorokin, even Connor Hellebuck. I mean, there's a stiff competition there, but Soros has been tremendous for the Preds. He's playing an old school kind of workload, you know, up, up above 60 games in a season. And, you know, who knows at this point? I mean, as, as I say, I, I'm not making predictions when you get to this stage, but it's, it's pretty interesting to see it go right down to these last final days. It's, it's been better playoff race wise than what we saw last season when it, a lot more was decided with still, you know, six, seven days left in the year. Absolutely. I just want to say uh, UC Saros was my preseason pick to win the Vezina. I know that won't happen, uh, but it is cool to see him do well. Uh, Moneypuck.com. If you go on their website and you look up their goalie statistics and you see goals saved above expected, UC Saros is the leader at 43.4. That's better than Linus Allmark. That's better than Ilya Sororkin, better than Andre Vasilevsky, Eor Shesterkin, Connor Hellebuck, Jeremy Swayman, all the goalies you could think of. He, UC Saros right now, the best goal saved above expected rate. Well, I'll say like you're definitive and I get it that he's not going to win the Vezina. Like to me, if they get in, the only reason you're going to look at them getting in, especially after a deadline where they sold Ekholm and, and Niederreiter and Janot and, and Granlin, I mean, you're going to be looking at Saros. And so, you know, the GMs vote on that award. It's impossible for me to say how 32 GMs will vote, but I think, I still think he's got a shot at it, especially, I mean, they have to make the playoffs, I think, from a narrative standpoint. Um, but he's played a lot more games than Allmark, right? And I think that, mm-hmm. that that could give him a respect factor among the GMs, especially if uh, he finishes strong here in the last week of the season and the Predators somehow find their way to to, to break hearts in two Canadian cities. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just laughing just because, uh, you know, Calgary could go through that and Winnipeg. Uh, just thinking of Murat Atash and, and the Jets that he's been covering all year, just... What a fall for for the Jets, just a team that looked as if they were the best in Canada, and now they are clinging by a thread, maybe not as thin as what the Flames are clinging onto right now, but they could easily fall out. They could. I mean, they control their own destiny, which I think you always feel good about if, if you're a team, but at the same time, they've they've lost a lot of winnable games over the last month or two, um, and, and so they put themselves in this position where it goes down to these last couple games, and there really isn't much margin for error, so... Um, you'd rather be in control as, as Winnipeg is, but man, it's going to be real, real playoff game starting Saturday when the, the NHL schedule starts again. Oh yeah. And, and, and you can even argue some of those teams have already been in playoff mode. Um, I want to move on unless there was something else you want to add with, with, with whatever's going on in the Western conference race. There is a question I have about, uh, a prospect, uh, who's had himself a remarkable season at the collegiate level, unless there was something else you wanted to add. No, I let's move along. Cool. So Lane Hudson uh, from Boston University, Montreal Canadiens prospect, had arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest season by by a freshman defenseman uh, named among the 10 finalists for the Hobie Baker, not among the final three, but among the final 10 
for that award. Uh, his time at the Frozen Four has come to an end uh, with Boston University, I believe, losing uh, to Matthew Nyes' team, uh, the University of Minnesota, the Gophers. Uh, they're going to go to the final in Tampa on the weekend. Uh, Lane Hudson's time's done. What does that mean for his future at Boston University? You know, it's an interesting question. I think because he's a freshman and because the first thing you hear about Lane Hudson always is not very big. I mean, he's, he's got sort of Johnny Gaudreau vibes from a, from a physique standpoint. And he plays defense that, that, you know, you'd think it was automatic that he'd, he'd have at least a couple of years in the NCAA. And, and I think ultimately that's what's probably going to happen here. But I think that there's at least a discussion and a consideration from, from his end of things with, with his, you know, advisor, and, you know, with the Montreal Canadiens about what's best for his development, because this season was so good. You know, you go back six, seven weeks ago, two months ago, whatever, I would have said, put money on it. He's going to play at least a sophomore year at BU. I think that because he's just finished so strong that the Terriers got to the frozen four, I think somewhat, I don't know, surprisingly, but it wasn't necessarily expected when their season began. And, and Lane Hudson played so many important minutes. Um, you know, the, the, there's at least a conversation we had there. Ultimately, I'm not sure if it makes sense for him to, to jump out of college at this point, especially with where the Canadians are at in their development cycle. But my goodness, it looks like the, the Habs have found themselves a pretty strong prospect here. You know, one they got in the second round, probably because of, of how small he is, um, would, would probably be the best way to, to guess why he fell uh, out of the first round where some, some of the boards had had him going initially. But um you know, I, I, if my, my gut and, you know, from what I've heard, I think he'll probably be back with, with BU, but it's not a foregone conclusion as we record this now, because, you know, the loss in that game was only, you know, 14, 16 hours ago. And so I think there's still some discussion to happen there with the Canadians brass. Yeah. I wonder uh, if the Canadians would elect to do that again, where they, they sign a player and almost immediately kind of put him in their lineup. That's kind of what they did with, with Sean Farrell. Like he immediately kind of went out of Harvard and then boom, you're, you're already playing uh, for for your NHL team, which I'm not sure. I mean, I was reading Arpin Basu's uh, article on that. It seemed as if just with the way that went down, I don't know if that was a uniform decision that uh, Martin Saint-Louis was totally in favor of with, with, with Kent Hughes, with him being in the lineup, but Sean Farrell's there. So I'm curious how that will also go. Uh, well, and let's... Basu. Let's look at a comparison, Kel McCarr. And and I'm I'm certainly not saying Lane Hudson will be Kel McCarr. That's a pretty high bar. Absolutely. Given, given all that he's accomplished. But, you know, Kel McCarr did play two NCAA seasons. I think that that has kind of been what you see um, with, with young defensemen. Typically, you know, Adam Fox played a couple years in college. Like, I, I don't think that there's any harm in, in one more season at the collegiate ranks. Um, but, you know, everyone's unique, too. There's not There's not one pattern that you know, is we're all a little different and, and the way we, you know, look at situations is different. The way we develop is different, but, you know, I think that there's enough of a track record here where we've seen impactful defensemen, you know, spend multiple years at the NCAA level. That's probably what's best for, for Lane Hudson. But the fact it's even a conversation really is just a testament to what a strong season he had uh, for the Terriers, put up monster points. He's played huge minutes and, and was a big part of that team's success getting all the way to the semifinal. Okay, one last thing before we get to stick taps. Who wears the green jacket in the NHL this year? Which is not necessarily a good thing compared to wearing a green jacket at the Masters. It does not have that same allure at all. Well, as we're recording this, it's actually Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman Andrew Peake. But if you look down at the bottom, you know, handful, I mean, look, this is a team award. I mean, it becomes, it's, you know, something that's 
kind of played around with. I know some other pods make light of it. <laughs> um, you know, and plus minus as a stat, I, I think is kind of not certainly not as prominent as it once was. But what what caught my eye is that Johnny Goodrow was among the bottom handful of players in that stat at at minus thirty two. And the reason that caught my eye is because I remember last year in Calgary, he led the entire league at plus sixty four. And so, you know, as as we're getting into Masters weekend and getting to the final week of the NHL regular season, trying to figure out which player will be wearing the green jacket among the NHL. I mean, what a crazy turn of events. And I think it does underline the stat. I mean, look, there's no secret why the guys that are in the very bottom of plus minus are there. We've had some, some really bad teams this year. And most of the players that are at the bottom are, are the guys who play big minutes, tough minutes, you know, heavy matchup minutes on the bad teams. And so I'm certainly not putting it all on Johnny Gaudreau's shoulders and, but you know what a turnaround to be ninety six uh, goals different from from between last year to this year in terms of his goal differential on the ice. Absolutely. Also, some other names on that list too: uh, Seth Jones, who's only uh, one point off of Andrew Peak out in Chicago. Drake Batherson is there. Jordan Cairo is also in the top five. Uh, seeing Alex DeBrinket, Boone Jenner, Thomas Hurdle rounds out the top ten as well. Yeah, a lot, a lot of guys on this list uh, who are not going to be seeing uh, this year's postseason, especially, but also just pretty tough for those but guys. You know, you know, they're kind of aware of it. I'm not sure they're checking this every day, but no one wants to wear the green jacket in the NHL. So you, you get down to these last few games, they'll be jumping off the ice trying to to not you know get tagged with any more minuses here uh, to to secure that crown. Absolutely. Okay, uh, we've now reached the stick taps portion of uh, our program today. Uh, Siege, do you want to start? Should I start? How do you want to go about this? Sure, I'll go first. And, you know, I think it's one that we both share that, you know, the fifth anniversary of the humble Broncos tragedy has just passed. And, you know, I think that uh, we the, the entire country put their sticks out for the Broncos after that happened. And, and of course, we here at the Chris Johnson Show are, are going to be stick tapping for them. I've been lucky to spend time with the surviving members of that team, you know, know a number of them quite well, including my buddy, Tyler Smith, who I saw put on his IG yesterday, you know, that this was home for him. And it was a picture of the Broncos and, you know, just, you know, an awful tragedy, of course, that that's sort of, I think, unfortunately is going to be part of our country's history or fabric for a long, long time. Um, but they were such a close team too. And, and so, um, you know, I, I wish the best of those guys. I think that, you know, obviously they've they've endured a lot of physical trauma and mental trauma. The surviving members of that team, the families, unfortunately, of of the the players and staff uh, that were lost in that tragedy. But uh, I know they stay pretty close together, and um, they've got a lot of people behind them, including those of us here at the STPN and uh, with the CJ Show. Absolutely, that's very well said on your part. Uh, I don't really have too much more to add other than just. Uh, it's unspeakable tragedy, and I'm I'm happy we're continuing to honor it th- today. And and just thinking back to it, just of how devastating the impact was, and and just how it just it did feel as if as if the the entire country stopped that day. Uh, and it's 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 nice to see uh, whoever's uh, just the families continue to honor it, obviously, and uh, the remaining survivors from that team just continue to go on with their lives as well. But also, just it's good for us to take a moment and think of those lives lost in that unfortunate tragedy was it was really sad yeah bit of a sad end for for the cj show but i think it was really important for both of us to uh acknowledge uh the five-year anniversary of uh the unfortunate bus crash with the humble broncos team 
Uh, but we will be back on Monday with a brand new episode. We'll get closer uh, to the playoff picture, seeing what it will look like. Uh, we'll have questions in as well for Ask CJ. Get your questions in right now, uh, whether you're on Discord, whether you're on Twitter. Carrier Pigeon is also a viable way uh, to get us questions in. I'm not, I mean, we still kind of have to figure out logistics of where, but we'll figure that out. You'll, you'll see something soon. Anyway, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, we'll get questions in on that. And then uh, we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs, buddy. I'm, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing in the next few days, but I look forward to figuring out what that resolution will be. Keep your mind in small places. Stand where your feet are right now. You'll, you'll figure it out. You'll be fine. For Chris Johnston, I'm Julian McKenzie. So long. Happy Green Shirt Day and peace. The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.